0: Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 590. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Kathy, will you please tease the topic for today before I start a few things that I like to do at the beginning of each show?
1: Sure. So this month is Boundaries Month. And if you guys remember, last week we talked about... Boundaries, internal boundaries. Internal boundaries. That's right. We talked about internal boundaries. Boundaries
0: within us.
1: Exactly. And this week we're going to talk about boundaries and women mm-hmm. specifically. I wasn't sure exactly what to call it, but because we're really going to be focusing on women the whole time, we'll just call it boundaries and women. And um, today is also International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a good... Yes. Yes, thank you. It's a good day to have this discussion. Um, And just so you know, we'll talk more about International Women's Day later, but the theme this year, because there's a theme every year, is choose to challenge. Okay. And I think that goes really well with everything we're going to talk about today. And um, just so you guys know, it's not just us today. Uh, Cameron, our 16-year-old daughter Cameron is joining us. Hello, Cameron. Um, yes, close to the mic. Mm -hmm. Um, she wanted to to have this discussion with us as well and Skylar might be coming down. I'm not quite sure. She's still in school, but, um, because we're going to be talking about boundaries and we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Royals Mm -hmm. and, um, Megan and Harry's interview last night, um, they wanted to chime
0: in about it. Um, so before we do that, um... Cameron, the very first important question I have for you, how does my hair look right now?
2: <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's, you kind of have it pulled back by the uh, headphones.
0: Um, yeah, so it looks good, right?
2: No, oh, not perfect. But it's, it's better than your floppy hair in front.
0: Um, thank you for that. Yeah. I was actually just stalling because I wanted to play a little bit of this song. <laughs> <laughs> what song is this, sweetie? I don't know. Cameron, what song is this?
2: I have no idea. I've never seen a oh, uh, in the flame. Uh, Get it. Oh, Royals. Lord.
0: Yes. You with me yes. on this?
2: We yes. were
1: not thinking.
2: I love this song.
0: I think I like mm-hmm. Lord. Oh, yeah. She's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but first, two things. One is Kathy has this calendar, and this has been sitting next to my uh, place where I do the podcast for three weeks, and I haven't gotten to it yet. It's
1: a Zen calendar. So every day I just rip off a page. And so.
0: And I like to read what's on the one a day calendar. Because they annoy me, uh-huh. certain ones annoy me, and this is one of those ones that annoy me.
1: It annoys you or you just don't get it?
0: Both. Okay. Cameron, I need you to interpret this Zen calendar quote. Okay. The dogs bark, the caravan passes. <laughs>
2: Dog Can you read that one more the time? The
0: dogs bark, and the caravan, pa- the caravan passes.
1: I don't know.
0: Sweetie, what do you got?
1: Is it a Zen proverb?
0: It's an... Arabic proverb. It's an Arabic proverb. Does that really matter?
1: Well, Arabic. this is why. Because did someone... <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay, I take that. But the reason why I ask is because is it like something that somebody recently said, or is it like an old school thing that somebody Where did said?
0: Congress go? Could they be in
1: <laughs> the caravan? <laughs>
0: For those of us who don't know what that is, what am I playing right now?
2: Uh, Stephen Colbert.
0: Yes. And that's when uh, our president was talking about the caravans of people coming up through the border.
1: Well, and we as a family were really into Colbert. I think it was like 2017 or 2016 mm-hmm. when he was doing that. And every week at some point he would bring up the, the caravan.
0: And then he'd pull- do a little spin. I'm actually yeah. pulling up the compilation right now. So yeah. it's uh, on YouTube. So um, can we just say that this doesn't make any sense? Well,
1: yeah. I think what we can say is it's a it's the same thing as chop wood carry water, right? No,
0: that makes sense.
1: But what they're saying is this is what it does. This is who we are.
0: The dogs bark. yeah, the caravan passes, sure.
1: That's what a caravan does. That's what a dog does. I, I don't have deep oh. insight, but right? Okay. So they're not connected.
2: So basically, no. it's okay. the isness of things. So you could say the sun shines and the moon
0: reflects the reflects sun's light. The
2: sun. yeah, so that that's would a haiku. Be- <laughs> that would, That's not a haiku. I know. I'm yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what... Okay, so it's just everything does what it's supposed to. Correct.
0: I get it now. Yes. That's good, sweetie. Not, I well, not that I didn't deep. Th-
2: I don't know how I would implement that in my life. Be just, like, just implement it, Cam. It's, it's,
0: <laughs> it's basically the isness of the moment.
2: Right. It's just be... Be is. Be is. Be best. Be
0: best. Be um, and then uh, my wife, Kathy... Oops, I didn't want to do that. My wife, Kathy, does this... Um, Zen Parenting Moments. Yes. And we're going to focus on the one you did last Tuesday. Cameron,
1: how often do you read my Zen Parenting Moments?
2: Is that the stuff you post on Instagram or it's stuff well, you Well, I don't
1: always. Me. It comes in I, an email. I
2: know we're not talking about this, but I read the Cookie Monster one and that's it. Okay. Let's, yes. We'll talk about they that. They come out next twice week. a week it and be great
0: up. if you read them all because mom works hard on them. Yeah. <laughs> it would take you like 45 seconds.
2: But... I don't. But do you get to. them an email? I do, but I don't really. What do
0: you do when you see the email? Do you instantly delete, or do you at least check okay, it out?
2: I'm not like you two. I don't look at Jeez. my email. Um, the, what do you? You, mean you
0: just don't told look at me you look email? at your email.
2: When did I say that? I said I saw it on Instagram. I don't. I have like a thousand. But Instagram. Unread
1: messages. I very rarely post the whole. Yeah, that's why so I've moment. only seen one. Okay, but what about the fact that you get the email? I don't look at my email. You the, just uh, said you look at your email. No, I
2: didn't. When did I say that? Should
1: I be sending it to your school email? No, like what email
2: way, do, just, do you
0: want us to send it to?
2: Just I don't read emails. Like it's not. Here's my really,
0: question: Do you ever open up the thing where your emails show up?
1: Very rarely. Okay, so Skylar just joined us. Hello, Skylar. She Hello. just got out of school. Um, so Skylar, do you read my Zen parenting moments? Sometimes. Do you look at your email and you like read them? No. Okay, so then where do you read them? Like on Instagram? Yes. Okay, so I guess I'd just be posting these on Instagram. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> if you I want saw a picture of JC, it. so I was wondering what was going on.
0: Got it. So if anybody's interested in paying attention to Kathy's end Parenting Moments, they like happen twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. If you're listening on your phone, all you have to do is scroll, scroll up or down, I don't know which way it is, and you can subscribe. It's a simple hyperlink on your phone, in your notes. We want to spread the message that Kathy. In they're like sixty second reads, right? They're yeah, easy.
1: If even they're like sometimes three paragraphs. The one, the Cookie Master one was longer, but we're gonna talk about we'll talk about that later when JC can join us. But I wanted to uh, talk about the one called Resistance. Okay. So. Basically, all I'm gonna say about the one called Resistance is that I refer to a book called The War of Art, written by Stephen Pressfield. And he the whole focus of the book is he's a writer. And he talks about when something is super important to us, like it means a lot to us, that we can sometimes have a lot of internal resistance to it. So, you know, the best way to explain it is that If you have the sun shining, it casts a shadow. Um, That's the same thing if you have a big dream or desire, there's going to be a shadow aspect to it where you decide, oh, I'm not good enough for this or I can't do it, and you have resistance to doing it. Um, So basically anything that's about our long-term growth or working from our higher nature can lead to this resistance. And if you just understand that that's going to happen, like so girls, because you don't read my moments, I'll just say to you, like if there's something you really want – or there's something that is really interesting to you, there's going to be part of you that says, but what if I fail, or this could be too hard, or this could, I care so much that I don't even wanna do it. And so you just have to know that's normal, that's typical. And that when you care about something, there is resistance. So, um, so the last thing I wrote in it is that when resistance shows up, cause it does for me all the time, that we can say to ourselves today, I choose to be the best version of myself, show up for what matters, I may make mistakes, I may not succeed, but I will view these as worthy failures. Making the choice to do what matters most is what allows me to become who I am. Boom. Boom, done.
0: Nice job, sweetie. Thanks. Um, So before we get into the main topic, um, Zen, Team Zen, it's something Kathy and I do twice a month. We do these things called Zen Talks and it's just for anybody who might be looking for more support, have exclusive content, be within an amazing community of parents join team zen once again it's in the show notes just click on that link and you'll find out more about it 25 bucks a month first month's free so check it out
1: so can we just start with the the interview that yes. we watched last night so we watched um the whole family, all five of us watched the interview that Oprah did with Harry and Meghan, And I think a lot of people did. Um, I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the number is, but I know that everybody on Twitter was watching it. So there's a lot of feedback about it. So, before I dive in and kind of give my deep thoughts, I'd like to hear Skyler and Cameron's deep thoughts about it. And when I say deep thoughts, I don't—I'm not trying to put pressure on you. But did you enjoy it? Did you appreciate it? How did you feel about Megan, sweetie? Can you um, frame
0: it for people who are either listening well after this, oh, sure, or who did not, who have no idea what you're talking about?
1: Okay, so basically. Um, Last night, Oprah did an interview with Harry and Meghan. It's the first time they've really spoken out or done an interview since they've gotten married. And they shared why they've made the choices they've made because really, excuse me, the only way we've been able to kind of access information about them is through the press. And a lot of the press has not been very kind to Megan. So from the if you're just reading the daily news in Britain, it looks like she's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, but as all things, there's always a story. There's always um you know a person's experience and then there's what we read in the news. And so last night Harry and Megan spoke for the first time and Oprah was the interviewer. So just really simple question, like, Cameron, how did you feel about either the interview or about Megan as a whole? Like, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I had a lot of sympathy for Megan after uh, after and while the interview, because I didn't know the extent of what she went through, because I, I wouldn't have been surprised if she had said I was really depressed, because the media wasn't being fair, because I couldn't leave my own home, because I had... All these options taken away from me, but I didn't know she was in that dark of a place, and that made me feel pretty awful for her. But it was nice to kind of see a happy ending. But the rest of it was kind of what I expected, and what they were going to say about the royal family. So, right? Yeah.
1: Right. So it was so, a little more than you thought. So, mm-hmm. Skyther, how did I react to the interview last night? Oh
0: dear, you cried a lot. <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm. Why did Mom cry? Do you any ideas,
2: Diana? Sky? because it was so similar to Diana's experience. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: So something that I've kind of shared with the girls and and Tad for that matter is um and I jeez, I'm not, you know, this is not like something special. Most women in my generation were very invested or interested in Diana. That's just kind of like the way you guys are interested in the people you're interested in. She was just a um for some she was a role model, for some she Wasn't, you know, it depended on how you viewed her. And I think that is very similar to what's going on today with Megan is something that the girls and I discussed last night and, and Todd I, I like keep leaving you out the girls and I and right. you too. Mm-hmm. um is that we were talking about how when someone in real time is doing something how they get so much pushback for it but mm-hmm. then years later everyone pretends like that person was loved mm-hmm. like we talked about how Martin Luther King um in real time when he was doing what he was doing mm-hmm. and you know you know, fighting for his rights and people of color's rights, he didn't have a lot of support. But now we act as if everybody loved him.
0: You could say the same thing about Muhammad Ali.
1: Same with Muhammad Ali. Definitely same with Diana. Um, I actually, do you know what I have in the attic, you guys?
0: A what? bunch of stuff.
1: I do. There's I so have. <laughs> I have a People, the very last People magazine that she was on the cover of. Mm-hmm. Ooh,
0: it's a collector's item.
1: Yep, and in the corners, Dodi Fayed, who was the oh Dodi? He was her boyfriend at the time, oh, and I they got no in a car accident, and he died also. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so, you know, it like, it's kind of talking about their relationship, and I kept that People magazine. So, yeah. anyway, um, so anything else? So, what I want to say about the interview before I launch into kind of my, my perspective on it, because everybody has their own... Um, Perspective is. I want Todd. If you would play an interview, part of an interview um, that Diana did many years ago.
3: Many people, I mean, the establishment that I'm married into, because they've decided that I'm a non-starter Why do you think they've decided that? Because I do things differently. Because I don't go by a rule book. Because I lead from the heart, not the head and albeit that's got me into trouble in my work I understand that but someone's got to go out there and love people and show it and do you think that because of the way you behave that's precluded you effectively from becoming queen? yes, I, well not precluded me, I wouldn't say that um, I just don't think I have as many supporters in that environment than I did than I did yeah. you mean within the royal household? hmm mm-hmm. they see me as a a threat of some kind and i'm here to do good i'm not a a destructive person why do they see you as a threat i think every strong woman in history has had to walk down a similar path and i think it's the strength that causes the confusion and the fear why is she strong where does she get it from where is she taking it where is she going to use it why do the public still support her? When I say public, you're going to do an engagement and there's a great many people
0: there. Yeah. Ew. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's her. That's her. And um, that's the big question. That's kind of what we're talking about in terms of the interview last night is strength and being someone who speaks up and being someone who says, this is what I need. Um and in the royal family, um, that seems to be a problem. Yeah. It, it's in, and I'm not this is not a I'm not making an opinion here. This is what we've seen. There so Cameron, you're way into the crown right now. I am. And I know it's still called historical <laughs> fiction, the crown, because we don't know for sure. Um, but it's pretty close. I mean yeah. it seems pretty I mean, close.
2: Obviously, we don't know what the conversations were like. We don't know that they said these exact words to each other, but on the outside this is what happened. Right. This is the result. This is the sources we have inside the uh, inside Buckingham Palace. This is what they said. So,
1: it's as close as we're gonna get. And so, why do you? What is the problem with having your own opinion or wanting to do something different?
2: Uh, the royal family is not allowed to share opinions. They're not allowed to declare political beliefs. They are just figureheads. They are not the prime minister, they're not in the cabinet, they are just supposed to support whoever's in office and they're they do it in their name. Like they don't get many decisions in what the government is like. So that's why and that's the way it's been done forever. So they don't allow people um, who are royal to share any opinions about that.
0: So I think where we're going to end up going in this podcast is that in... So the reason we're bringing up Meghan and Diana and Harry is I want to compare the idea of the the firm or the, the royal family... The institution. The institution with the patriarchy that I believe that we live in. And I think collectively there's so many men that are afraid of strong women... And I remember owning my own piece about that. Like, remember, whatever, a few years ago, I, was, uh, I said I didn't like uh, Nancy Pelosi. And then I really looked inward. Like, what is it about her that... Well, I
1: think I said, why don't you like her? And you didn't have a reason. Yeah, and yeah.
0: take the politics out of it. It's just strong women, strong-willed women. As a guy who grew up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and until now, we were... Um, we're part of this. Boys are more important than girls. So I just want to say this is not about the royal family. This is about strong women and us, me as a man, making the space for women to be strong without me being intimidated.
2: Yeah, like what I've learned over the years and what... Taylor Swift talks about because I thought of her was she always says the opinion of I don't really know what it is about her I just don't like her is only used for women yeah there's never been a man that's like oh I mean he's nice I mean he makes good movies or good music but I just don't like his personality Mm -hmm. like that's only reserved for women and it's because people are afraid of that and that's not just men that's women as well they don't like people in power they don't like feeling like they are Worth more than they are because they are a woman. It's
1: it's threatening taught. to women totally. too, who are, who are um, those, those yeah who are meeting the party line, who are showing up in the way that they've been taught, trained to. Um, it can be it can be uncomfortable to see a woman push her boundaries. And what I think is so interesting is that you know, especially on International Women's Day, I've been kind of scrolling through and seeing all these quotes about raising girls and women, and we're so into like you know. You know, empower your daughter to speak up for herself mm-hmm. and challenge the system and break the, gra- the glass ceiling and, you know, I- encourage your girl to say what she needs. And And we say all of these things. Mm-hmm. But as soon as girls and women do that, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm using we, I'm, I'm using the general because I know a lot of people listening to the show absolutely do like it. Sure. But we have to question those really internalized beliefs about... We love discussing empowerment, but once a woman, a very high-profile woman, demonstrates empowerment, it, it can be very unsettling.
0: Yeah, I think what you're saying is it's it's very easy for me as a guy to say, oh, I totally believe in equality, but when it comes to the moment in time in my day where I have an opportunity to to create the space, listen to, take orders from a woman, that's when the rubber meets the road. It right. reminds me of that we, we we didn't finish it, but there was a mini series about the Equal Rights Amendment.
1: Oh, Mrs. America? Mrs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it just reminded me of that because it still hasn't passed, which is hilarious. Yeah. It looks like it's going to, because I think Virginia and Illinois just voted yep. for it. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, and what's interesting about it, and, you know, this might land poorly, but the thing that stopped it the most was those women who... Wanted it stopped.
1: Was a group of women. There was a
0: group of mm-hmm, women. Mm-hmm. You know, there's on one side you got these, you know, really
1: Phyllis um, Shafley.
0: Yes. Yeah. You got this, this empowered female energy women who are saying we need to pass this amendment, and then the other side, which liked the whole idea of women being put in their place and...
1: Well, they didn't see it as that. Right. They were being empowered. There were men behind the scenes too, for, of,
0: empowering of course, that Of message. course, I'm not trying to pit women against each other. This is a man them. problem. I, mm-hmm. I would need to own that. It's just, that's what I thought of.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So I, I wrote this down this morning. I was trying to kind of figure out language for this discussion and I wrote down... So we have to challenge, okay, so going back to what is the, you know, this is International Women's Day, and the the theme is choose to challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, so we have to challenge to change the system, but we are part of the system, so we're still uncomfortable when it's challenged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like we're asking people to challenge the system, but as soon as we do, you have to know it's going to be uncomfortable.
0: I have a really interesting example. Okay. I, I opened the door at, in the Jewel parking lot. I told both of you guys this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, the God. wind took it. And I, did, I just I was careless in how I opened the door, and it hit the car that I was parked next to. And there was this younger 16-, 17-year-old woman, girl, that got out, and she started yelling at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this, this kid's got some guts. And I remember being really put off, like, who does she think she is? And I... And there, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I just don't like getting yelled at. There is a sexist one in me that still has not quite fully developed because I was like, no, I'm like the 48-year-old man here, and it's time for you to stand down because I'm the one in, in charge. So mm-hmm. this girl, I was just surprised. And part of me is like, almost like thought it was cool after the fact. But in the moment, I was like, this isn't right. She yeah. needs to listen to me. So, anyways, an
1: initial reaction is our old programming, yes. right? Because we're on autopilot. It's like we really have to, you know, to process and and create a response mm. because maybe our autopilot response for men and women ends up being somewhat sexist. Yep. Um, obviously, we talked about a lot of this uh, this summer and and ongoing when it's with racism too. Sure. You know, just what we were raised in, what we were marinated in, and so that ends up being an initial feeling response, but we don't have to respond or react that way. Yeah. We can choose something different. Right. So I want to um, go a different way here and talk a little bit about mental health. Okay. Because one of the big issues um, last night in the interview, um, and Todd, why don't you play, um, I don't know, just play one of the quotes from from Megan and then Cameron and I will
0: kind of riff Give me the sign when you want me to stop. I will. Because I think it's a 90 second clip. Jen.
3: Speaking to Oprah, the Duchess of Sussex described a world that left her isolated and feeling trapped. I remember so often people within the firm would say, well, you can't do this because it'll look like that. You can't, so even, can I go and have lunch with my friends? No, 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 you're oversaturated, you're everywhere. And I said, I've left the house twice in four months. I'm everywhere, but I am nowhere. And from that standpoint, I continued to say to people, "I know there's an obsession with how things look, but has anyone talked about how it feels?" Because right now, okay, yeah, Did,
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I just didn't want to over—I just didn't want to talk no. over you. No. So let me start by saying that that is a good reminder of what we see is not what's always happening mm-hmm. because we only see. So let's talk about, you know, this kind of gets into celebrity and royalty and, and let's bring it into our own lives. People that we look at on Instagram or whatever, who are maybe we go to school with or people that we work with and we look at their lives and we say they're happy Mm. because in that picture, they have the things I want and the experiences I want. So they must be happy. Therefore I'm not. And we do it. This, the clinical term is projection. We take all of our stuff and we put it on them. And I know again, ad nauseum, I have said, to you, Cameron, and to your sisters, don't assume what you're seeing is what's really happening because what you're seeing is a picture that's created Mm -hmm. and curated and made to look a certain way so you feel that way Mm -hmm. because people don't really feel that inside so they, they put it out in the world so they get internal, excuse me, external feedback saying, so pretty. Oh my God, you're so amazing. So beautiful. So gorge. And they need that mm-hmm. to survive, you know, that, so it's external instead of internal. The reason, before you move mm-hmm. on to something else, Todd, the reason I'm bringing that up is that's what we do in a heightened way to celebrities and to the Royal family. Yeah. And we say, because they have things and have money, they are not deserving of any more of my time. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're more deserving of time than your own family or your own friends, but just because you have money and wealth and fame does not equal you are happy or that you are content. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know that this might go down a rabbit hole, but I am somebody who is so glad that I'm not famous. If I was a freaking prince, that would be a Really, really hard thing to live through. Or if I was a celebrity, mm-hmm. where I couldn't go outside, you know. Pick your favorite celebrity. Like awful, can't it? And and to your point, sweetie, about how Instagram and they're always showing the best version of themselves. It's the same. Like every commercial that we ever see is what what don't we have mm-hmm. that that we want to have? So right. anything outside, if I get oh. this car or if I get this makeup or whatever it is. If I get that, then I'll be happier. And as you and I have said for the last 10 years in this podcast, you get happy for a second or two, but it doesn't go anywhere. So it's just a reminder that all the things that we're trying, that we're seeking and projecting outwards, we actually do have within us. If we can just get quiet and know that all these things that we want from the outside are already inside of us.
1: Well, the outside stuff is a sugar rush. Sure. And so it doesn't sustain. It goes
2: away and then you just keep wanting more. There's a never-ending cycle. Like, you think if you'll get this, then it'll be good. Then, like, nothing will ever go bad. And then you keep on finding more things that you need. And it all just, it's a race to nowhere. Like that movie.
1: A hundred percent. And that you, if you, if you do have everything, this is like a high school or a middle schooler or, you know, being a princess or some, or being, you know, Taylor Swift. There is also a game of King of a Hill where once you are that person, you have to work to maintain it. And being at the top of that hill is super lonely because all you're worried about is, am I going to lose this status? And then who will I be? Mm -hmm. Or you're, and, and you're, doing it all by yourself because by definition you're king of the hill
0: and you live in a state of fear exactly did you learn this from or not learn this but this Mark Nepo. yeah I just read that mm-hmm. one
1: it was just the other day that was good. which is why it's like on the top of my mind so now I'm saying that about Taylor Swift I believe that because Cameron's a big fan so I I I know that she has learned mm-hmm. from her experience of you know needing to be the best all the time like mm-hmm. that's not her focus anymore Mm-hmm.
2: That was, yeah, if you guys wanted to watch Miss Americana, it's a really good uh, movie to watch. But Documentary. She talks about that because there's a specific line in it that I remember is when she put out 1989, she won Album of the Year, and then everyone hated her because of the video with Kanye and everything. And she disappeared. She got really sad and she got really depressed, but then... She found her boyfriend, and she found a bunch of other things that she loved, and she said she was happy, just not in the way she was trained to be. Because mm-hmm. she Good found language. another way to be able to be comfortable and at peace with her life without everyone loving her and accepting that if someone that you don't even know falls in love with you, you don't have a responsibility to earn it back. You just you do what you can, you do what you love, and then... She gets to create whatever she wants to now because she's not constantly thinking about that. Or I'm sure she still does think about it,
1: but... You know. Because that's human to yeah. think about it, but she has created... She is forging a new path with mm-hmm. that thought process. And and you just said the word that I want to focus on with Megan, which is freedom, mm-hmm. okay? So let's... What I know for sure is part of the reason it was so hard to become a mom is because I lost my freedom. Mm-hmm. So basically... Cam, you stole it from me. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's your fault. It's your fault. JC technically stole it JC And then himself. you stole it second. Yeah. And then Skyler stole it third. So basically, in my first book, which is like ages old, like it's like 15 years old now, 16 years old, every most of it is about like poems about how I've lost my freedom. Yeah. You know, like why um, does Todd get to do whatever he wants to do and I can't and why do I not have a career now and why do I... And a lot of it was just what I would call like... I had a a crisis uh, about myself. Like, who am I? Identity crisis. Which
0: which is not something I had to go through.
1: No, not the way I did. You might have had your own, but I think that-
0: Not much changed. I I was back to work two days later.
1: Yeah, the expectations of you were different. Oh yeah, he was back in the office. (sighs) Wow. I know. Now, he, and this is what's interesting is your dad rose to the challenge more than a lot of people did, Mm -hmm. but he and I really stuck to gender roles early Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And I take responsibility for- The fact that I did that, Mm -hmm. and I'm not blaming myself, what I'm saying is it took me a while to kind of be like, wait a second, you know, we we were growing. I don't have to
2: do this. I can
1: do something else. That I want to do this, but I want to do it in partnership. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't just be saying, this is my job. That's a whole nother podcast. But
0: that goes to boundaries too, if you think about it.
1: Absolutely. and This is why it's all so like, this is like really rich, you know, because freedom is when you realize that you when you don't have freedom is when you realize what matters most mm. and and i worked through that and obviously it wasn't i don't want to be a mom it's how do i want to be a mom and who do i want to be and am i buying into gender roles and am i being You know, am I being navigated by societal expectations or am I doing what's best for me? Therefore, if I am in good shape, my kids are going to be in good shape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if I am depleted and angry and frustrated about the societal expectations or whatever expectations, I'm going to be miserable. And that's who these kids are going to be raised by is somebody who's miserable. Mm -hmm. So let's now apply that in a general way to Megan. Mm Okay. And there's a lot of commentary. All
0: right. Before we uh, move on, I do want to talk about uh, our partner of the day, and that is NewsDrop. NewsDrop's an app on my phone that summarizes the top news of the day. It's quick to read, and the content is unbiased and accurate. It's simple, but it's fantastic for those of us who want to take a news diet and get a break from all the noise. Stay smart by reading short and optimized news summaries of the world's top stories made for quick reading factual coverage, and maximum relevance. Two things that convinced me to partner with NewsDrop, uh, trusted sources, their editors carefully assess the stories and sources based on global impact, Relevance and potential bias. If it hasn't been covered by reputable sources, you won't find it on Newsdrop. And then, secondly, focus on what matters. Don't sweat the unimportant stuff. They do the hard work of reading tons of news stories and delivering only the most significant headlines so you can do more productive things instead. Read news faster. News made for skimmers. Download the Newsdrop on your iPhone today. So
1: let's now apply that in a general way to Megan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a lot of commentary about she knew what she was getting into, you know, she should have known better. Um, and I think initially, like anything, I decided to become a mom and I had seen people be a mom yeah. and I had had a mom and I had no idea what would, what it was going to be till I was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: I would say what Megan said, and she, she said this multiple times in the interview, she knew what she was getting into and she knew that she would be a princess and that she would be in the news a lot and that she couldn't quite have the life that she had before but they said they were going to protect her from that and she believed them that was the last thing she said in the interview so when someone's saying even though you have to give this up and you have to do this and she was willing to do that because she loved harry if you if people say but we're going to protect you from this this and this like why wouldn't you believe them so you can have the best of both worlds but as we saw in the interview, they lied in saying that. So, well,
0: And what I'll add is, in the mm. interview they talked about, they took our passports. Yeah. They She didn't leave the, as we just heard, she, she didn't leave that. the house more than twice in four months. She probably didn't know she was signing up for that those parts Correct. until, to your point, Kathy, until she experienced it. Right. In the same way, moms who choose to nurse, probably, maybe they think they know what it's like to wake up at two in the morning for the first 12 months of their life to feed their baby and not be gone more than two hours but until you're doing that how do you know
1: exactly and and that is it okay then when you learn something new which is this is not good for my mental health that i'm going to do what everybody has told me to do as a woman and be empowered and make a change Hmm. isn't this what we raise our girls to do Mm -hmm. and so megan says, not only do I need a change, but my mental health is not going well. Mm -hmm. Um, In this interview, she not only said she was depressed, she said she was suicidal. Mm -hmm. And I think I was the most frustrated by the comments about people questioning that. um, Because you can have... the thing that I just said to Todd upstairs is what I see a lot of people do, men and women, is they look at something and they say, "Well, I've never experienced that, or I've never experienced it that way, therefore that can't be true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I would say to you is what empathy is or what compassion is. You can they're not really synonymous, but it's the ability to listen to someone's story and trust that that's their story, that that is the way they felt, and that even though you haven't experienced it, or maybe you have, and you're denying that part of yourself, that she may have, A, not known what she was getting into, number two, thought it was going to be better than it was, and number Mm -hmm. three, ended up feeling so depressed that she was suicidal. And who who has the right to question that?
2: Yeah, and also with, like you questioning that and like asking like oh is this true what people have to understand have empathy for is it's not something people are excited to admit about themselves thank you she was ashamed to admit it about herself she felt awful that she had to tell her husband that after everything she's been through she said that specifically and it's just even to get to that point to be able to tell it to the person she was married to the person she loved and to have to say it on like even though she did choose it it's difficult to say it in an interview on tv and when people and when she goes that far and she works that hard and people still question it it's kind of ridiculous so people don't have a lot of empathy or or understand how
1: hard that is they don't understand where that's coming from and there's that's where like these deep-seated beliefs and you know walk through this with me everybody where our deep-seated beliefs about women come in because when i see people throwing her under the bus. What do you believe about women? Do you believe they're liars? Mm. Do you believe they're manipulators? Do you believe that they're trying to get money? Do you believe that they're trying to steal their husband away from their family or their, you know, this man away from his family? Is that what you believe about women? Because, and you may say, no, I just believe it about her. That's
0: exactly but how when, that's where yeah. guys will hide. Like, oh, not about women, just about her.
1: But then we go back to the Nancy Pelosi example yeah. of why. yeah mm-hmm. why, why did you hate, this, why did you? I don't even want to bring in other names. I want to like go into like uh-huh. the you know previous issues in politics. But w- w- what, like, if you believe if your wife or partner or daughter came to you and said, I feel this way, would you not believe her? And if you and if you don't, that I struggle with. But if you do, what makes you think? It, it, to, to Cameron's point, I just want to reiterate what you said. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of shame that there's a big stigma with mental health. For sure. And for her to own that and then to go to her husband who has struggled with his own mental health mm-hmm. and who has grieved so much, and for her, like she said, I felt, she's like, I felt like I was dumping on him mm-hmm. when he already had so much to grieve and so much fear and pain. So.
2: Yeah, just going back to what you said about like being believed or not being believed of of a like if a woman says this, is I saw a lot of articles after this interview came out. I saw a lot of headlines that were like good stuff, but in Britain, obviously it was a lot of like Megan says this and she broke up royal family, like I saw a lot of that. No one was questioning what Harry said and he said Mm -hmm. some pretty crazy things too. Because they believe they they kind of ignored it because he didn't say very flattering things about the royals, but no one qu- was questioning him. He
0: was more, as her. I told you in the car ride yeah. to school today, he was the 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 content that he was sharing was as provocative. Yeah, it was if, more
2: specific, if
0: not oh. more than Megan. So I haven't yeah. seen what was online or cool. social media today, but totally didn't surprise me. Everybody's mm-hmm. demonizing her and giving him a pass. Yeah. And I think they're both being truthful, so I don't think they need to be criticized at Harry all. It doesn't
2: but, need to be criticized. But, but if you're
0: comparison. going to criticize, yeah. criticize either both of them or Harry, because he's
1: well, the prince. And this is where the issue comes in that Harry brought up and that Meghan brought up and Oprah brought up, race. Mm-hmm. Okay? So race is a big part of this. And this is something that even Harry said going in, I knew this was going to be an issue. I guess I just didn't realize. And, and he said at certain points, he said at certain points, I thought it was going better than I thought it would go. Uh And then at certain points, I realized this was getting worse than I ever thought it would be. You know, there were comments um, made and they did not specify who said it about what the skin color of Archie would be. Um, There was a story about this woman, a a member of the royal family or the royal community who wore a brooch that was racist Mm. to an event that Meghan was at and had to apologize Um, there were concerns about, you know, as she said, where she came from being an actress, being from a divorced family. Um, she said, I never thought it was an issue until I was told it was an issue. Um, so race plays a role in this, too. And that is, you know, we're talking about being a woman, but then you add in that component. And that's what Harry was pointing out with. He saw what happened with his mother. And he knew that with the way things were going, adding in that his wife was biracial, this was going to get even worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was seeing how she was being treated and the death threats. Yeah. So And it was
2: similar. He said that. You you said it. It was just like Diana, where they went on the Australia trip or whatever they went. And people got jealous that they loved her, and it's literally the same thing we saw it in The Crown. I'm sure if any of you out there have watched The Crown, you know that Charles got very angry once uh, Diana was everyone loved her and everyone was cheering and giving her flowers. So you can see it heading down a very, very similar like stepping point, like being loved,
1: being depressed, having suicidal ideation. like all of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the Diana story, like she had suicidal ideation too. She threw herself down the stairs while she was pregnant with William to get it to for attention to say look at me. Mm. When I'm saying for attention, I don't mean that in a yeah. I mean like she didn't know how else to say I need help. Yeah. She was also bulimic the whole time she was there. She this this pattern like the way I looked at this experience was that somebody has to break this pattern. And I think a lot of people assume, again, either their viewpoints when it comes to race or their viewpoints on women, that there is something at play here where her goal is to break up a family. And I'm saying her because they, like you guys are saying, Mm. they blame her. They call it Megxit, Mm. you know, like Brexit, more than him. That her goal was to break up a family. And then I would question again, sit with yourself and say why. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why would that be... and instead of just getting all in yourself about how she's a horrible person, could could we consider the alternative, which that she really thought this was an opportunity. She loved this man. This man fell in love with her. They wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. Just your average story, right? Yeah. Then she gets into this family and she's thinking to herself, this is an opportunity for the monarchy to view things differently. As she said, what did she say about the Commonwealth? Uh,
2: is, uh, has how,
1: more people of color. Yeah,
2: has whatever percent uh, of color. And to see someone in people that they love and they people love the monarchy people love the the queen and everything and to see someone who represents you in that group that would be amazing that would be amazing break. so i think she saw as an opportunity and it didn't go the way way that she thought and i think that's kind of understandable in like the shock it was pretty shocking of how angry everyone was at her like the comparisons that they did to kate and megan about uh kate eating avocado when she was pregnant with i think it was george or something and then it was like a similar article like years later when megan was pregnant with archie and uh her saying that she was uh contributing to like a crisis in wherever like it was such by was eating so avocados blatant it's so obvious mm-hmm. and they just don't care because everyone just goes on their merry way they just want a villain and a hero as megan said
0: exactly so um i feel like we're, we're covering some really big themes here today we're talking about sexism talking about racism we're talking about the stigma against mental illness yep. and i just want to like acknowledge that we're, we're talking about this interview, my hope, I can't speak for everybody, but my hope is we look at this interview and there's, there's like a seductive part about this where we just like want to talk about it. And I think it's, it's fun and interesting to talk about, but my hope is that we can all look through our own lens of how we are. What is our attitude towards sexism? What is, what is my attitude towards racism? What is my attitude towards mental wellness and mental illness? Like, My hope is that we can, I think I get sometimes a little reactive, like, yeah, let's just talk about all these things that are going on outside of us. And I just want to talk about that and talk about my own experience. And, you know, I'm trying to do that with my little jewel parking lot idea. And I, if there's other guys out there listening, I want them, I want to challenge them to say, how am I a sexist? Like really challenge yourself. Like, how do I? And maybe don't call yourself that. Say
1: how ha- how have I learned sexism? How mm-hmm. have
2: I internalized misogyny, and how has that
1: carried me through
2: life? See,
0: and that's Better. too that's too soft for me. Like I I want to own it. I. But we
1: are. But mm-hmm. but language Todd is what throws people off. Mm-hmm. If you say to a group of men, "How are you a sexist?" They're going to say, "I'm yeah. not." If you say, "How have you learned about? How have you integrated?" Like Cameron mm-hmm. said, misogyny. What misogyny did you see, and then like you know swallow and that gives them the opportunity to say that is not me that is something i learned
0: and it's a both and thing okay yeah because i there's a part of me that's like i'm not going to let myself off the hook for saying oh i just learned this when i was a little kid so i'm powerless to do anything about it i I know i know i know i know (laughs) that's not what you said what I'm agreeing with you. I know that that's not what See, you I said. Know,
1: I, know, I know, I know, We got, We call like,
2: oh, um, yeah. Chill.
0: But in my experience, guys make excuses really easily for right. how they are. I, right. I and, agree
2: with you. And sorry, you finish.
0: And yeah. I'm, because I do what I do and I work with men for a living, is I really want to challenge them to do that. And I've done that for myself and I continue to learn and grow from it. So
2: what I would say is it's all about capturing people's attention and getting people to listen. So if you, just like mom says, if you say, how are you sexist, people stop listening and they don't want to believe it. But if you can say it in like a better way of being like, how has massaging been internalized throughout your life? How can you change it? How can you own it? how can you relate to this? And you can share that story of mm-hmm. just like being annoyed at the girl for yelling at you mm-hmm. in the parking lot. And maybe they can relate to similar experiences and they can realize it by themselves without having, like they don't want to like really think about it because yeah. they're afraid of what they might find.
1: And And I think the assumption you're making, Todd, is that if you look at it or speak to it the way that we were just suggesting is that therefore we're letting people off the hook. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the hook where mm-hmm. they can actually think.
0: It gets them to start thinking about it.
1: Your example, just to kind of like go deep into this, is a very masculine example. I'm going to hold people accountable. I'm going to hold them to the fire. And there's no... There's no feminine energy in Mm. that. And again, I'm not speaking about men, women. I'm speaking about masculine and feminine energy. So what you're doing is you're basically saying, it's an authoritarian, you're either right or wrong, you're either in or out. And what we're saying is if you go at it, with saying, can you see this in yourself? I hear that. The likelihood of change is greater because as we know, we we know this, but we can, we know this from Brene Brown's research and all this research that's been done on shame. Shame doesn't get people to change. Mm-hmm. Shame doesn't do any, it's not a good social justice tool. It doesn't make people change their behavior. It just makes them feel more like crap. Right. And when you feel more like crap, you don't change you dig in
0: I I agree with you like you need to like meet people where they're at right and most people are not ready to look at themselves and say how am I how am I not okay with mental illness or how am I not okay with racism or something like that where I started the conversation though is sometimes we, Um, you know, we just look outside of ourselves and all I want to do is invite us all to look within as well. That's all.
1: And I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I wrote something down that said, um, you know, more thoughts, uh, you know, thoughts by Kathy this morning is I was talking about how the Royal family is just a microcosm of life. It's just a representation of human beings. This is why I love, Art. And what I mean by that is I love pop culture, I love movies, I love music because I learn more about people through it. When I listen to a Taylor Swift song, I'm just using that extra here, I don't just think about Taylor Swift. I think about anybody who has had that feeling, who is experiencing this, how many people relate to this, what does this mean? When I watch The Royal Family, I'm not just thinking about Queen Elizabeth, I'm thinking about a family where people are, have to follow the party line, yeah. whatever it may be. I don't see it one dimensionally. I see it broader. So like I can watch. you know, Todd and I have talked a lot on the show about how I grew up, all most women, uh, girls who grew up in the 80s um, and even in the 90s for that matter, a lot of millennials, we grew up watching movies where the protagonists were men. Yeah. Okay. So we had to kind of try on that suit and be the man, right, to understand and, and I could do that yep. because that was my only choice. There weren't a lot of female leads. Now we see a lot more female leads. and But the goal is, is that can you look – do I watch the movie Wonder Woman and just think this is about Wonder Woman mm-hmm. or is this about a bigger issue? Right. And so that's kind of how I feel about watching this interview with Harry and Meghan is I'm not fighting just for Meghan. I'm arguing the message for women. For the collective. The collective. For sure. And so that's where we get thrown off is where we think that when we're discussing whether or not Justin Bieber was right for doing this or that, and we question whether or not he was really lonely, mm-hmm. it's not about Justin Bieber. Do you feel lonely? Mm. Do you... do? You, have you ever felt that way? You know, when... Taylor Swift talks about having a eating disorder when she was doing 1989. Have you ever felt like you've had to change your body to meet the expectations of the world? I think a lot of people can relate. So it's how much do we project out Mm -hmm. and how much do we allow in? And so I think you I think I'm not speaking for you, but that's what you were saying is this is a representation, right?
0: I was coming at it in multiple layers. Some of it was, yeah, I get my kind of challenger warrior energy when I'm with other guys and I just want to be as clean and, and, and in their face as possible. And I know that doesn't land well with Mm-mm. most. So thank you for reminding me of something. And then the other is, I just don't want this to be about Harry and Megan right. either. I want this to be, I want us all to learn our, about ourselves through the lens of this interview. That's, exactly. Those are the two things I really wanted to
1: hit. 100%. So now we're okay with you telling us Good. to say... What did, he, what did he say?
0: I said, I know. I
2: know, I know, I, I know. know. It's I know. just like that thing, it reminded me of a... Well,
0: I totally a, got defensive. So. Yeah, a
2: press conference with Trump that I saw like a year ago. Not that you're Trump, but like he... Um, <laughs> That's good. He asked a question, uh, a, a woman asked a question about how he was taking uh, credit for the Veterans Act or something that was created by Obama, and he went, he took his hand, sorry, I know you can't say, but he was like, calm down. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Quiet down, like mm. it was like a very squashing thing. It's like you're a child, which is not cool. But that's something I right,
0: and you guys couldn't smaller. see that, but that's what I did. So I need yeah. to own that. When you guys yeah. were both like, "Oh, I totally got yeah. defensive," I put my hand up yeah. and yeah. said, "I know." Four <laughs> times, <laughs>
2: camera, and I both go, "Oh!" <laughs> yeah, I've when I my god, my blood boils when that happens. That happens with my friends who are female. Like it's not just men, but I I've had a teacher do that to me before, and it makes me. Want to jump up and
1: scream louder, but you know, it's 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 a small, it's a what we call microaggression yeah. with mm-hmm. silencing, it's
2: where really, it's I'm like I am alpha, you. You stop,
1: mm. and especially with mm. both. And again, this is not about you anymore, Todd. But especially with us both being, you know, I'm a woman. Cameron's a young woman, and there's kind of like a quiet down, girls. Yeah. And you know, kind of it. It feels. And again, we can take responsibility for. Is that really happening, or is that what it feels like? Mm-hmm. But then this discussion is important because yeah. it's like this is how, in our life experience, this is how we feel that, and you can decide. If that, well, you don't get to decide, but you can process that through your brain and say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. But that's the way that it could feel well, when that's, you're a woman. That's in the world. all
0: the intention impact stuff. Correct. That we've talked about over and over on this show.
1: So, uh, Cameron, to close this show, we're going to go in a little bit of a different way. So, do you want to mm-hmm. stay or do you want to bail? Uh, what way are you going? Well, we're just not going to talk about the royal family oh, okay. anymore. Okay, I'll leave. Okay. See hey, ya. dude, thank you. She gone. No problem. Thank you.
0: Um, real quick. Um, so we talked about mental illness. Um, and I do want to plug Alexa James, who is the director, I guess, National yeah. Alliance of Mental Illness, uh, Men Living is starting the speaker series and it's open to men and women, all genders. And it's the first one is March 15th. So it's next. It's this upcoming Monday. So we're going to just have a conversation with Alexa about uh, mental illness, mental wellness, maybe through the lens of a woman, not quite sure exactly where we're going to go. And then Kathy is going to speak in April and the title of that, you remember the title that uh, you,
1: Something about why did she say that? It's
0: exactly right. So, um, All of that, you can find out more just by scrolling on your phone uh, under the notes, and you'll find out the links to each of those events.
1: It's like really relevant to this discussion. For sure. You know? So, okay, so we talked about the word boundaries and we haven't really even used it, but I think that the, you know, how we're finishing up here is that what Megan did, let's talk about her as a microcosm. Mm -hmm. She created boundaries. Yeah. And Harry created boundaries. And what is the definition of boundaries is basically this. This is what's okay. This is what's not okay. That's as simple. So they said, as, as human beings, when they have the right to an opinion, right, this is what's okay and this is what's not. Now, we can say, well, they knew what they were getting into or this is the way the monarchy is, but how come we love saying to people, you know, challenge history, challenge the way things have been, continue to grow, evolve. We're all for that. But then when people do that, we get very angry about it. And so why this is important is for women, for all people, for all genders, boundaries can get pushback. And remember when I was talking at the beginning of the show about resistance? Mm. Sometimes when you say exactly what you want, the resistance doesn't just come from the inside of you. It comes from the outside. It comes from people saying, I don't want you to set this boundary. This makes me uncomfortable. This changes the dynamics. Now I don't know what to expect. Now I've lost control. Um, You know, like I know we don't have much time, but I just wanted to mention a few things that women that I work with struggle with. Okay. Okay, so do you want to hear these? Sure. And these are really, you know, we're getting off the royal family here. This is like everyday stuff. Women have a hard time setting boundaries with their in-laws dropping by. You know, like yeah. their are in-laws dropping by when, you know, to see them or to see the children and they have a hard time setting a boundary around that. Um, the women I work with have a hard time um, getting stuck in like a friend's negativity spiral that takes their energy and you stay in those relationships because you feel like you're the only person that person can talk to. Mm. So there's like this expectation. You don't set a boundary around it because you're like, oh, I'm their only person. Um, We overextend ourselves with responsibilities, especially the ones we don't get paid for. And we have a hard time setting boundaries around those. Um, I hear this a lot. Um, A lot of women I work with have a hard time um, they, let me say it this way. They don't bring up concerning behaviors with their partner because they don't want to rock the boat. Mm. So they have a hard time setting a boundary around what's okay and what's not for them.
0: Which is going to come back. All these will come back to bite you in the butt, but that one for sure.
1: Eventually it's going to come to be something. Yeah. It's either going to be small or big. And then, you know, then it go. I could go into all the rest of them, but those are the biggest ones. And basically the reasons we feel guilty Because we want to be a nice girl and we want everyone to like us.
0: Curse of the good girl.
1: Because we fear not belonging anymore. We believe that we are... I mean, this is a big part of me and stuff I work on. Um, For any of, you know, Enneagram people, I'm a two. And so a lot of my deep-seated beliefs are about people love me because of what I do for them. And so when I'm not doing things for people, I can feel unlovable. (laughs) Um, and that is, I'm saying that's deep seated because on many layers I've worked on that. But when that is your root belief, Mm. that's a very hard thing to, you know, of, of not being that thing to people. Um, and then, you know, going into socialization, men are socialized again, generally speaking to be more entitled For sure. I'm entitled to this job. I'm entitled to buy this. I'm entitled to say this. Don't tell me how to speak. Go get it. And women are largely under entitled. Mm -hmm. There is a belief that they should be more quiet. And again, these are things taught to us on a very covert, Mm -hmm. is that the right word? Covert level. And then um, the belief that we should deny any kind of pleasure that we should suffer. You know, this is like we look at Megan and say, you should suffer. And then we say, but you're fine because you have money. Or you're fine because you're famous. Yeah. And do I need to go through all the famous people who end up in rehab and, and then many Oops. who have died? If you want to look at someone who had money, look at Michael Jackson. And that didn't work out so well. No. And all the, that's one of many people who, they still have pain. Even people who have money have pain. Believe me, that, that is not where all the love comes from. And then... Not asking for help. You know, we struggle in asking for help. And this is the going back to Megan and saying, "I had these thoughts, and I would I had a plan to make because she basically said she had a plan because one night um, he was going Harry was going to go to this event, And yeah. he said, "You don't have to go." And she said, "I can't be alone mm. because that i my life is at risk with myself, sure. Um so her ability to ask for help instead of us saying, well, you should have known better, or you're rich, or I don't believe you. What if we what if we were like, thank goodness you asked for help? Right. And so it's a big one, Todd. Yeah. I get pretty worked up about this, especially on International Women's Day. That's right.
0: Which I didn't even know there was an International Women's Day. Maybe I did last year, but I, I have since forgotten did. about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, because we did a um we actually did uh girl rising on international oh, women's did? day that was years and years and years yeah, ago. That was a long time it, ago that was a documentary that we screened here in
0: elmhurst and i think it was around this time mm. uh anything else to close up well so much but i'm gonna stop all right um i want to do a quick plug for my coaching for guys business toddadamscoaching.com first session is free one-on-one support so if you're interested uh just click on the link in the show notes Anything else?
1: Um, that's it. I, Cameron's not here and Sky left. Um, Sky likes to just come down and listen. She likes to just be in the chair. Um, but I appreciate both of them coming down Me and too. watching the, um, and JC is relaxing today. She was on a trip last week, so she's relaxing. Um, but I just appreciate them watching the interview with us because it we sure had some good conversations. It was
0: really good. Uh, I want to thank our bald-headed beauty partner of the week, uh, Jeremy Craft, uh, avidcompany.net, avico.net. Painting, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. We will catch you guys and gals and everything and everybody else next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us.
0: The best part of what we do is getting to spend time with our listeners and an awesome community of parents who have come together over at Team Zen. Team Zen is a great opportunity to connect as much as you want with a group of like-minded parents, and you'll even get exclusive content from Kathy and me. Find out more about Team Zen on our site, zenparentingradio.com.
1: We know your inbox needs more hopeful and helpful info, so sign up for the Zen Parenting Moment. Two times a week, you'll receive a quick read that will boost your day and improve your outlook. Sign up at zenparentingradio.com.
0: While men and women, moms and dads, parents and non-parents are all welcome here at ZPR, we know most of our followers are female and moms. So today we're shouting out an opportunity that's just for the guys. Men Living creates opportunities for men to gather together to give and get support and build friendship. I am one of the founders of the group and you'll find me every week helping facilitate our virtual meeting on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Interested or want to share the details with someone you love? You can find the Zoom link at menliving.org.
1: Ready for a Gen X view of personal growth? Join us for Pop Culturing, our podcast filled with humor, fun, and a characteristic emphasis on self-awareness as we explore movies, TV, and pop culture.
0: And don't forget, I coach guys. So if you're interested, head on over to ToddAdamsCoaching.com and schedule a one-on-one session. First session is free. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630 956 Thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking.